Hello, you're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, sponsored by Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award-winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, and I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. Um, I'm Rachel Naylor, and I am, I've got some, some fantastic guests for you guys today. Uh, really excited to be talking to uh, these fantastic people uh, and, yeah, lots of great questions. So it's going to be a really, really good um, podcast for you. So uh, first off, I'm going to introduce Sonia Smith, who is joining us from backstage. Sonia has a huge background in voiceover casting and in recent years has joined the backstage team as the business development manager and voiceover development manager. So welcome, Sonia. Thank you for having me, Rachel. I, I apologize for my voice this morning. It's, a, it's extra raspy. Um, your voice sounds beautiful. Thank you. I'm so sorry that you're not well. And thank you so much for joining us today. Even you're struggling through. So, so well done. Awesome. And we're also joined by Rolf Veldman, who is joining us from Voice123. Now, Rolf has been working in the industry for around two decades. And as the CEO of Voice123, he is pioneering forward to offer opportunities for talent, casting professionals, and clients worldwide. Welcome. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you on. Really, really excited to talk to you both um, today and hear a bit about what's going on um, with Backstage, Voice123. Yeah, there's a lot happening in the casting world, uh, in the voiceover world. So, um, so just to kind of get us started, Rolf, um, will you just tell us how did you, how did you get into the voiceover industry? Yeah, when you just said two decades ago, I did the math. It means that I was 14. So I, yeah. a slight correction is that I got into the business uh, five years ago, but Voice on 3 okay. was actually founded 20 years ago That's uh, by right, Alex okay. and Tanya, uh-huh. uh, who are no uh, longer working with Voice on 3 directly, uh, yeah. which is why I'm now very happy to be team members with Sonia, because yeah. last year Voice on 3 got acquired by Backstage. Yeah. Um, my entry was five years ago. Um, 
I actually had a office job in the Netherlands working for the government and I didn't really like it. And already on my first date with my wife, we had promised each other that someday we would go to Latin America where she was born. So uh, six years ago, we made the jump. And after 10 months of travel, we arrived in Colombia, got introduced to Alex and Tanya, the founders. And a couple of months later, we were working together. And a year later, uh, they asked me to take over as CEO. So it was very side entry that I got into voiceover because I'm actually trained as an historian. So as always, I'm the least knowledgeable person in the room when it comes about VO. So mostly listening, I hope. Fantastic. Wow. How interesting to kind of, so you, yeah, you were really sort of thrown into the voiceover world. Yeah. And it's completely unknown to me, like as many people who start in VO or or look or hear about VO, they think about, okay, movies. Turns out it's way bigger and it's way more complex and it's way more fun, most of all. So I learned a lot and I'm liking it a lot. Awesome. Awesome. And it is always, I always find it fascinating how people find their way into the voiceover world. And it's very much like once you're in, you don't want to leave because it's just so lovely and there are so many wonderful people and it's such a, a fun, creative place. So awesome. Good. And so Sonia, what about you? How did you, how did you find yourself working in the voiceover industry? I started my voiceover career as a voice actress. Um, I took a speech class in university and the professor told me that I had a fantastic voice and I needed to do something with it. And he introduced me to a company called Voices.com. They were local to London, Ontario at the time. Um, and that's where I'm from. And so I joined um, their platform and got a few jobs, but quickly learned that voice acting is a lot harder than it sounds. Yeah. Um, and I felt way over my head. Um, you don't just have to have a great voice. There's a lot more that goes into it. Um, but I saw voices.com was hiring account managers at the time. And I thought, what better way to learn about the industry than to work for them? And so I joined them in 2013 um, and worked there in two, until 2017. So worked in the professional services department um, and kind of learned everything about that online casting world. Um, But then in 2017, I left to do my own thing, um, started my own kind of pet doggy brand, um, a passion of mine. I love animals and love dogs. Um, And then, yeah, I was really excited to rejoin the industry. Like you said, once you're in, you love it and you don't ever want to leave it. And I really missed it. Um, And so when Backstage approached me with the opportunity to help grow uh, voiceover at Backstage, I I was thrilled and jumped on board and really happy um, to be with Backstage. Nice. Wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. So, so tell us, this is kind of to both of you, either of you can jump in on this, but what is happening with Backstage Voice123 and Mandy right now? Do you want to tell everybody kind of what, yeah, what's happening? So um, I can mostly speak from the Voice123 perspective. So uh, as Sonia mentioned, she's been there a bit longer, Uh, but in 2020, we decided to partner with uh, Backstage because we felt that a platform like Voice on 3, the main role it has is to bring work uh, to voice actors, right? It's the the 
uh, reality the only reason why people join voice on the three uh, to get exposed to work to have access to work and so i'm always looking as a uh, with me and my team to find ways for us to get more work on the platform uh, we had like a fundamental discussion with our uh, founders who were already starting to move out into other ventures and i told them maybe this is a nice moment to to go out so we we searched uh, the industry to see what is a good partner for voice on the three to see where we can uh, basically grow each other and then we I happily got into conversation with Backstage and realized that they have such a big actor presence. And Sonia was already doing great work with VoiceOver, but how about we um, help each other out and grow voice uh, through Backstage and grow actors through through Voice on the Three? And Backstage had by then already uh, found a way to work with Star Now and with Mandy um, to become a basically a, a bigger, more important player in the uh, whole content industry. So for for backstage, I think originally, VoiceOver is is, an, is one of the of the creative services, and Voice on Three is one of the leading platforms there. So it made a lot of sense to then work there. Yeah, I can speak to um, a little bit more about our relationship with Mandy and Star now. Um, we are currently in the process of um, migrating the companies and the brands together. Um, so that's a very exciting and huge milestone for us. Um, and will bring lots of opportunities for the Mandy and Star Now and Backstage members. Like Rolf mentioned, um, Backstage is really um, a platform to connect creators to talent all over the world. Um, but it's not just voiceover talent. It's on camera, models, singers, influencers, crew all all talent, creative talent, um, voiceover just being one part of of that. So, bringing voice one two three to the to the family um, really helps grow. Um, is really a mutually beneficial relationship for us to kind of learn and grow, help each other grow. Um, but currently, you know, we exist separately, independently. Um, and we just kind of collaborate on specific projects. So, Awesome. 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 And so here at the VoiceOver Network, and, and I started the VoiceOver Network, what was it, seven years ago. It was all about helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. And that's something I'm incredibly uh, passionate about. Um, and we're, you know, we're about raising the bar and, and making sure talent are looked after. So, um, so what are, how are you guys looking after talent and voice actors? As an historian, I also have to go back to the very beginning. Yes. So one of the reasons Voice on 3 started in the first place is because there was a lot of friction in uh, how Tanya was able to find work. Tanya was uh, our co-founder and voice yep. actress, and she felt, okay, if I need to get in front of uh, a job, I need to uh, I need to get a portfolio, I need to talk to casting directors, I need to talk to agents, and all these people are taking stuff out of, uh, out of what I could potentially earn from this process. Out of that, they figured we need to get rid of the middleman, quote unquote. And that's how the platform has started. And that's kind of a, an activistic approach that I think was new 20 years ago. Thankfully, a lot of uh, trends in tech have already um, made sure that happens in more places. But at the core, there was the the, the belief that voice actors should manage direct uh, relationships with their clients directly. And, and that software should just be a software solution and not a, a, a wall in between. And I think that has been a driver for Voice on the Three. And I think that has been how we differentiate us a bit from other companies in the industry, where we, we put everything to work to make sure that the voice actor and client can build a relationship. And Voice on Three is just a place that they meet. 
No, for us to make sure that voice actors are protected, um, we should not be kind of an institution that decides this goes and that doesn't, but we need to make sure that we're transparent as possible with everything that is happening so that people have the right tools and the right information to make decisions. Because like I mentioned in the intro, I was new to the VO industry and most people who join platforms like Voice on the Tree or other platforms, they're relatively new because they're just they're just Googled voiceover and they come to whatever the first result is and then you're likely to end up in Voice on the Tree. So a lot of this is about educating. But then we come into a problem where I don't feel that I am the right person to educate because I am part of a company that builds the software for people to connect. So we need to leave that over to experts. So the way that we try to put the best interest of voice actors there is to collaborate with experts in the industry for them to explain how to work with rates. We refer to GVAA or to Grave for the Brain uh, rate guides um, and we provide courses on uh, on how to get started and uh, how to set up rates, how to negotiate, how to help uh, make sure you get paid for projects. And long story short, I think it's our role as a company to make sure that the voice actor is in a position of strength, meaning they're in control, and that they have the, the education and the tools to do so. Excellent. I would echo exactly what Rolf says. Um, and I think that's why this relationship is so important because we have the same, we value the same things in terms of, you know, being that creative industry matchmaker, connecting talent directly to creators or employers, allowing them to build relationships with them, I think is really important. Giving them the talent, the control, um, transparency, integrity, and um, education all values of backstage as well um, that we try to do through our platform, um, through our software and through our, our magazine resource and our podcast and with partnerships like the voiceover network. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, we're just going to take a brief break to hear from our fabulous sponsors, but we will be back very soon. This podcast is sponsored by Apogee, Hindenburg, Source Elements, and Focusrite. Source Elements, pioneers in remote recording since 2005. Whether you're narrating lines for films, audiobooks, animation, or video games, with Source Connect, you will deliver remote voiceover takes in the highest quality and in perfect sync over the internet. This podcast is brought to you by Focusrite Vocaster. Focusrite's recording interfaces have already helped make more recordings than any other, ever. Now, with Vocaster, it has never been so simple to get the best-sounding podcast. With auto-gain, enhance, and easy start tool, all the things you need to get recording. Vocaster is the easiest way to set up your show. Find out more at focusrite.com or search Vocaster. Tell the world... This podcast was sponsored by Apogee, your audio solution. When it comes to home studios, Apogee is on the cutting edge, providing excellence in every area. They creatively think outside the box to create solutions for all the day-to-day problems faced by voiceover artists. And finally, Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and find a way validation. 
Download your exclusive Vaughn 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, so we're back. Um, what, what would you guys say the future looks like in voiceover castings? That is a very interesting question, and I think we should book uh, two hours just to, yeah. just to debate that because I think there's a lot of different uh, uh, angles we can take there. Uh, I'm just going to, maybe I should highlight what I'm seeing on, on, my, uh, on, on the platform that we have and what I partly see what, what's happening with agencies as well that I tend to talk to. And that is that, in my opinion, I think the voiceover industry is a relatively conservative industry compared to other creative services it tends to work in very traditional ways with uh uh with people needing to go to to a place to audition and that whole audition process takes a long long time and it's been hard to change parts of the industry but it's becoming more global and more people are entering voice voiceover hardware is getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper which means ever more people are able to join voiceover and then there's platforms like voice on three where you can join for free and already get exposed to jobs. And then there's this massive uh, platform like Fiverr that also exists. So more and more people are getting exposed to voiceover. Uh, to, to add one big topic that we're maybe we're not going into, but the other one is maybe artificial voiceover that might also change how casting works. Um, and if you then specifically look at the casting process, you can see one big bottleneck uh, in in how voiceover works. And that is from the moment you want as a as a, as a creative, you need access to a voice actor or a voiceover. For you to then work with that voiceover takes sometimes days. Uh, used to take months, then took weeks, days, but people are expecting minutes. There's still a long way to go. Um, and for Voice on 3, the biggest part of what happened on, on Voice on the 3 was clients posting projects, requesting, let's say, 20 auditions. And uh, five years ago, the average, the average request time was like, I need this in under a week. Five years ago was two days, and now it's I need this today. Ideally, I'd already need uh, auditions. And well, yesterday, we s- yesterday even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what we see more and more is that instead of going that route, um, more and more clients tend to skip part of the audition part and want to book a person directly based on a portfolio that they have. So I think over time, uh, with the influence of maybe having my AI voice audition to a project or me getting more structured with samples rather than a long demo, uh, I think, especially in, in digital uh, voiceover, digital connected voiceover, there will be fewer and fewer auditions uh, as a way to make your um, money or to get access to job, but more and more about your position as a brand and your position as a voice actor who is not just quote unquote, performing uh, the voiceover, but is also providing a service uh, in which customer service and your own business card is almost as important as your ability to, to perform. I think part of the dynamic is a bit switching and we see it already with new people coming to our platform. They don't want to uh, request 50 auditions because they also are very much aware that 50 people doing work that I might not be paying for. They want to maybe have smaller groups of people to talk to and maybe contact them directly. And that's a very specific thing I thought was uh, cool to, be, to zoom in because that's what we're seeing. So we have two algorithms. One is a project to casting and the other one is search and contact. And the search and contact gets more and more important over time, which means that people are looking for a direct approach more and more because they are in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I know it is, it is that thing, isn't it, that, you know, we've kind of gone through, I think the industry has changed in that 
we were very much booked from our demos for a long time. And I remember, you know, a time when I didn't audition and then suddenly auditions. And then it's been a kind of crazy time where there's been audition, audition, audition. But that's interesting that you think that we're going to move back to probably being cast from our demos. And that to me makes a lot of sense because it is, it takes so much time and energy to, to request an audition and then listen to the auditions. Whereas if you can have demos in front of you and you just listen to the demo and you go, okay, well, I like that voice, you can be much more specific about, you know. What, one of the reasons that is not happening yet uh, is because for an you know, unfortunate part of what VO is now, the difference between what a voice actor can do in a demo and what they can actually deliver consistency is too far apart right now because they might get an overproduced demo yeah. cannot, are not able and they record it in the studio but are not able to then record that in their own home studio or from their home and then you as a client get very disappointed that's why they sometimes want custom additions to see okay i i see you have this demo but what's the uh what can you do for real if i need you in 20 minutes to do this something like that so that's why rather than demos we've been focusing more on samples of existing work that you have performed in your own place okay. as a yep. way for our clients to get a sense of who they're going to work with awesome Awesome. So interesting. Cause yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask was about um, the fact that people do talk a lot about how they have to, they do, they spend a lot of time on voice one, two, three auditioning. Cause you can, you know, you can audition. There's, you know, there's a lot of, there are plenty of auditions for you to do as a voice actor on voice one, two, three, and you can apply. Um, what I say to people, and I, I don't know what you think on this, but I, I say to people to be more specific and to, to, to be more picky about what you audition for. You know, you can, you can spend days <laughs> auditioning, but if it's not something that's right for your particular voice, it's, it's a waste of time. Correct. And it's, it's built on, it's built in our system because uh, we, for people who are in voice on three, they must realize that sometimes you get projects of which you are no match at all, but you still receive an invitation to that project. Because I, because philosophically or, or the way that we've built our system is we don't want to know that much about you. We feel that a company getting more and more data about the individual is not necessarily a good thing. And so we'd rather be wrong and have you say to have you for you to have the power of no than for us to decide this fits you perfectly. And because it's such a dynamic and ever changing industry as well that we cannot box you into this specific category of voiceover that you're in. So try to send you a lot and you decide yeah. on what is relevant for you we do however all built in we do however also have built in mechani mechanisms that if you constantly audition and you're not getting booked then uh, we we have corrective measures for that we, we don't want you to book everything it's not a it's not a shotgun approach and uh, be audition on on things that match for you and that you think you stand a chance for and do you do you vet people who who come onto your sites? Do you have any sort of yeah um, vetting process? In Voice on Three, every first client is reviewed, and then afterwards, okay. if that goes through, we don't look at them again unless uh, our voice actors tell us flag it. There's a functionality you can use on Voice on Three: flag this client or flag this person, um, and then uh, we research it and potentially remove them from the platform. We struggled a bit with that because we're a small company. And there's a lot of voiceover work with that. Uh, so we've had cases in the past where a client comes to us. They Let's say they send a message to you, Rachel, and we yeah. they have to wait for our team to wake up for that message to get improved. And by then, the job is gone. Uh, so we've also experimented with letting everything go. And then the voice actors tell us, 
uh, this is bad. We remove them and we're still having to figure out what is the best way to do this. We don't want you to lose the potential of work, but we also don't want spammers on our platform. For for Backstage, um, we have a, a background check when employers um, sign up, similar to like Airbnb. Um, you know, you have to prove that you're a real person um, and that you are who you say you are mm-hmm. um, when you create an account with us. So that's one way that we eliminate a lot of um, spam accounts or bot accounts or fake projects. Um, and then we also have a team of casting editors who review every single job posted and they will reach out to clients for further information clarification on jobs um, and we'll change the notice um, if anything looks odd or needs to be changed. Um, But all notices are published um, right away, instantly. They're not hidden. So talent can see them. There's just like a little um, kind of beware. This project hasn't been reviewed by our team yet. Um, Kind of banner to the talent. So that's how we that's our vetting process. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to just talk about rates. Now, I know, Rolf, you mentioned rates and, and educating talent on, you know, how to quote for stuff. Um, rates is obviously, it's, a, it's a, a hot topic in the voiceover world. I've been in the industry for over 20 years and I've seen, you know, there's lots of changes. And obviously with new talent coming into the industry, you know, and, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of new talent and, and that's, you know, training people up and making sure people are informed and I think that's that's training is really important but in terms of voice one two three and backstage how are you guys you know are you do you have anything in place to protect rates or to you know to stop clients from kind of you know diving to the bottom so I'll go first and in this case so we have multiple mechanisms um one is that we have a minimum budget on voice one two three um but I think the, the main thing when it comes about race is that it is uh, hard to understand if you're new to the industry and it's hard to understand if you're outside of the industry and everybody who's not a voiceover, a voice actor is outside of the voiceover industry. Meaning if you're a client building a commercial, then you also need to get a voiceover and you might not be totally in the know about the ins and outs of rates. And in, when I first got exposed to rates myself, uh, trying to learn from GVAA and trying to learn from Grave for the Brain, thankfully I had like tw- I have 10 people explaining it to me, but it's hard to get uh, to grasp with. Mm-hmm. So I think personally that for the next uh, couple of years that the rates will heavily simplify and might be more connected to uh, how uh, advertising budgets are being set online. It's more about audience size rather than the traditional way that we view it. Meaning if there's 10,000 eyeballs on this advertisement, uh, then that might be how usage will work for voice actors. Uh, what we do to educate voice actors is um, we refer them to the main guides that are out there. What we do for new clients is that we try to guide them rather than having a fixed budget. We try to guide them to the quoting machine of voice onto three, which means you can select a fi- fixed budget, a range, or I want to receive a quote from a voice actor. The reason we do that is because we see the following mechanism normally happen is that a client comes in and they have $100 for the voice actor for this voiceover. Voice actors come submit proposals to those projects and they say it needs to actually be $400. And in a lot of cases, clients are just uh, unaware of the rates and they comply. And the next job they post is more closer to the, uh, to the $400. So it's normally the voice actors who educate the clients. 
We try to enforce that mechanism specifically for new ones. Uh, if they're unsure about budget, try to get a quote so the client voice actors will uh, will educate you on how the system works. Now, the automatic reply I always get to that is, won't that lead to a race to the bottom and then whoever pitched the lowest amount wins? It's not that at all. If, uh, if you look at clients select a voice, they don't select uh, the money that's being put on the table. If you're selecting among 20 different voice actors, you're not thinking, what's the very cheapest I'm going to work with them? No, you're, going, you're looking for like, you're in your creative project and you're looking for the voice that matches that. And then you're looking at price. Uh, so we see that people who value themselves higher tend to get equally uh, amount of work and sometimes even more than the people who undervalue themselves. When it comes to rates, what we should do, again, I think what uh, Sonia and I said in the past, we need to make sure that all the information is available. And then it is between a voice actor and a client to make sure that the negotiations happen. Yeah, totally, totally echo again what Rolf said there. Um, on on Backstage, we allow projects to be posted from no pay to professional pay and everything in between. We um, And like I mentioned, our casting editors will review projects. And if something was marked as professional pay, um, but it is not, they will change it to a stipend, which means it pays below. Um, and then it's about educating um the actor on what is um, professional pay and we refer to the GVAA and the gravy for the brain rate guides as well. We also at backstage, as I mentioned, we value education. So we actually have partnerships with um, a lot of the animation schools, the biggest animation schools. Um, and we encourage them to post their projects on backstage. And a lot of those projects are no pay or low pay. Um, actually, most of the no or low pay projects on ba- backstage are the student films and the student jobs. Um, but we see it as a great way for networking, networking with the creators of tomorrow, um, as well as for talent um, to who are, you know, maybe maybe don't know if they want a full commitment into the industry and um, if they can just try a, a student project and see if it's something that they're really passionate about and they loved working on and they have the interest in to then further grow their career. So it kind of gives them like a great opportunity to kind of try it out. You know, I think that's really important to have that and a place for that as well. Awesome. And, and if, if, talent or actors encounter something they're concerned about they see a job that's that's very low paid or you know that there's something that doesn't add up what what should they do in our case they should flag it uh, you can flag any project that comes in and say hey this rate is absolutely not what it should be or it's very low what we then do is we tell the client like, our voice actors are telling us this is not the right price you're missing out on a lot of incredible talent by setting a lower price we encourage you to set a higher price and if it's ridiculous uh, the, the change then we 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 sometimes block the client but it's mostly about echoing that hey these voice actors you're having access to way less voice actors and potentially way less quality voice actors if you're under underpaying for the project that you have so our voice actors can always communicate with us saying this is wrong or this is not up to my standards same with backstage and and what's your relationship like with um, agents? Because obviously agents, you know, there is a kind of, you've sort of, you've slightly taken the agents out. But I mean, I believe there is a, 
that they're very important to the industry. Um, but I also believe in, in talent getting their own work and us being, you know, we are businesses and actors. We are small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, so what's, what's your relationship with agents and, and yeah, how do you feel about agents? We back, Backstage loves agents and loves working with agents. We're actually currently developing agency tools that we'll be launching soon. <laughs> um, lots going on in the product team. They're super busy. So um, the project will will launch this year. I, I, I think I can say that confidently um, where, where agents can build a profile and then upload their rosters and then um, a, a, you know, submit talent um, to jobs posted on backstage on their talent behalf. So absolutely, we agree that agents are a per, a, an important part of the casting process and we're building tools for them to um, participate on backstage. Yeah, so uh, it's good that that we hear that because we're also thinking about the similar tools. So that's one of the things that Sonia and I can work on together um, because we already have a lot of agents using Voice123. I mean, the old school agents are still working out of a, out of a notebook and trying to uh, have to be on calls the whole day. And then essentially what, what Backstage and Voice on 3 are offering is a, is a, a software solution for that same process. Um, I do think there is need for a bit more transparency on how agency works, agents work and especially the difference between an agent and a manager because uh, I think the manager is a whole new uh, concept where it's more like a revenue sharing approach. And I know that I don't, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't work. I prefer that over the long term, the voice actor uh, benefit more from the the work that they do than the client over time. But I also understand that um, there's a need for clients specifically in those traditional big creative hubs. Yeah. And I do think that over time, agents become less 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 important and maybe more towards the top niche kind of projects, um, while the bulk of the work tends to go more and more online. Awesome. Um, and just um, now. I came into the industry 20 years ago. So I've kind of, yeah, as I said before, I've seen the big shift. I, I remember the kind of the pay to plays coming on, on the scene. I remember getting involved. And then I remember just being very honest as a voice actor, feeling uh, not valued that I'm just, you know, being honest. So I stepped away from, from the pay to play sites. Uh, and I know that the, the industry, there's, you know, there's a lot of, it, strong opinions about pay-to-play sites there are you know some that are very pro and there are some that are very anti um what would you say to those who are you know who are feeling anti um pay-to-play sites um casting sites yeah what would you say to them well, it's good on you. I mean, it, it's great that it's hard to to be successful in 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 voiceover, right? And and going through the digital platforms where there's a lot of auditioning, and sometimes it feels like you're screaming or recording into the void, and it takes forever to to get success. It might not be for you. Uh, you might be lucky enough to have a couple of agents that that help you work with that, or you're good at direct marketing. Some people are good at direct marketing. Some people prefer to do that via platforms like ourselves. Some people do agents. I, I mean, it's only I'm only impressed if you're able to do it without access to a large volume of work. And I can understand because Voice123 is, for example, is a platform with hundreds of thousands of voice actors. And, it, and that makes it harder by default, right? So it's quite a competitive industry. Uh, and it already is without having to go on platforms uh, and then maybe on places like Voice on 3 that gets amplified. So no, if, if it's not for you, then yeah, please don't join. And I think a lot of, Companies like ourselves have been smooth, moving away from pay to play 
yeah. to more uh, free access and get ex- get experience with the initial voice over work because we realized that there's which I didn't found so good on the way that we did it. Um, I'll give more context because that was a very weird weird English sentence and I'm not a native (laughs) English speaker. Well, one thing I realized is that we have a lot of voice actors that come to Voice on the Three and they say, okay, voice acting is easy. I'm going to pay $400 and I'm going to be a millionaire next week. We actually have sometimes videos of people posting how to get free money uh, we had it, and then they move. They move them to Fiverr, or sometimes we get yeah. that, and they move to Voice on the Three. And what we try to say to those people: don't buy a membership, build a profile, get uh, access to additions without having to pay. And mm-hmm. if it's not for you, then kindly go somewhere else or revisit that idea because it is hard yeah. work. It is. Yeah. We mentioned earlier, it might be easy to get started, but it's very hard to stay in the voiceover industry. And. We do, we do want to be accessible, though, for those who want to start, So, which is why we have switched a bit to, okay, get a profile, get access to a couple of editions a week for you to get exposed to what voiceover is and what voiceover is on, on pay-to-play places or on digital platforms, and then make a decision. Um, so in, in long story short, I understand uh, why it is hard and why some people don't like the phenomenon, um, but it is a place where most of the work in the industry is. So it's also a reality. Yeah, I think um, it's a valuable resource. You know, it's a place for you to meet employers and build relationships that um, can lead to more work in the future. You know, I know a lot of talent that build their careers starting on on a play to play, a pay to play site like Voice One Two Three or Backstage, and um, and then and then leave, you know, and, and continue their careers with their agents and with the relationships that they've built. But I think it is a great resource to explore. Um, and if it's not for you, that that's okay. That's okay too. Um, I think with Backstage, a great thing about our platform is you have access to not only the voiceover jobs posted, but the, the other jobs as well. There's a lot of other remote work opportunities um posted um you know voice actors we also i say we you i'm not a voice (laughs) actor um you also have other skills that are very valuable and, and in demand like audio engineering and um you know editing sound editing and things like that so um you know, there's, there's projects like that, that are posted as well. So, you know, if the voiceover part isn't working out for you, you could explore some of the other opportunities that are there as well. Um, I just think it's a, it's a great resource um, to learn and build your career. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, and just kind of on that, I do want to kind of jump in and obviously the voiceover network here, we do lots of training and we're, you know, we're very into kind of keeping people informed and making sure that you are the best that you can be and raising standards in the industry. Um, So yes, so we we have a lot of training and and we're, you know, it's really exciting to talk to you both as well today. Um, I wanted to kind of finish off and I know we've, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot, but um, in terms of what advice do you have for voice actors kind of, yeah, um who are either on your site maybe struggling or who 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 are thinking about coming on your site you know what advice do you have for them to 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 get lots of work i I can share the number one thing that our client find the most important thing and the client find the most important thing across the board and that is that you're able to to have consistent recordings i know it is the most boring thing to talk about 
but having your uh, audio set up and your home studio set up or the place that you record set up in such a way that you can ever you can deliver consistent recordings is by far and large the most important thing so if yeah. you're starting maybe don't start at voice on the three or at backstage or or with an agent start by getting the right equipment and making sure somebody mm-hmm. can help you set that up correctly this is super important yeah. and the second part i would like to highlight if i can give two advices is that yeah. as with everything in life it's all about people and doing voiceover is also about people and it's about building that relationship and for you to be able to work with a with a creative client consider yourself to be the customer success agent of your own business and that's i think if you're have that approach in contacting uh, when in contact with clients you're going to be very very successful we see the most successful people on voice on the three are the ones that have a system of communication and that have good uh, a good setup and that system of communication I know it's not the most exciting part, but it is a real, a real game changer. Game changer for people who are successful in the voiceover industry. On Voice on the Three, backstage, agents, wherever. That system yeah. that helps. Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That was so wonderfully said. I, I would agree completely. I think um, number one is definitely the your setup, your tech setup, and understanding the recording side of the voiceover world. Sorry, my voice. Oh, bless you. I think that was my problem when I first started in the industry. Um, I didn't realize I have a lot of sibilance in my voice. This like S sound comes out and I could not edit that out. Like that was a skill in in and of its own. Um, And I think if I had someone to kind of help me and coach me and help me understand the recording and the tech side, of it, um, I maybe would have been more successful or enjoyed it more. Um, so absolutely echo Rolf there. Um, and then, yeah, echo his second point too, that it's, it's about connecting and building relationships and having a system in place, um, to, to foster those relationships. Um, and I think if you're just getting started, you don't have any clients, build it with networks, with networking online, um, like the voiceover network, there's Facebook groups. Um, there's a ton of resources in the voiceover community. It's very supportive online. Um, and so I think, you know, get involved, ask questions and, you know, people will be there to help you. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful advice. I'm going to jump in and just um, just say, you know, the importance of training guys, you know, those who are listening, it's super, super important. It doesn't matter how, how experienced you are in the industry, you know, to continue to train, to make sure that you're the best that you can be. Um, to know your worth is another one. So make sure you know your worth and, you know, and, and stick to that. You know, it, it's okay to, to turn work down if it's not, you know, the right rate for you. Um, so, so be empowered to know that you are a business um, and you can set your terms in terms of your rates as well. Um, so, you know, don't, you don't have to fight, you know, down at the bottom, you know, stick to your rates and, and know your worth, which is really important. Uh, and if you do want to come and have some training, come join the voiceover network, come get involved. We've got lots going on. Um, so yes, wonderful. Thank you guys so, so much for, for talking um, to us today. It's been really, really interesting. Uh, I'm excited about, you know, what you guys are, are doing and, and it's really great to hear that you're, you're looking out for voice actors because that's super important. Well, thank you for having us. We're very, very, a lot of fun. Thank you, Rachel. I, I made it. I did it. Yay. Well done, Sonia. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I hope you feel better soon. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, Season 3. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. With special sponsors, Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind-the-scenes stories in the voiceover industry.